This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. New York now Yankee lineup is out now that music obviously is what I learned on TikTok but uh, Yankee lineup is out so let me tell you what the big change is atop the order Aaron Judge not hitting leadoff today so all those people who are having oh you gotta get him out of you gotta you gotta do it like the old days you gotta have a leadoff speedy gutty gritty guy at the top of the order then you got a two a good contact guy number two and then you put your best hitter number three, and then you got your slugger number four. Well, no, that's not what they did. They have Aaron Judge hitting second for game three tonight. And Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres is the leadoff hitter. And look, I don't think that there's any way you can say uh, other than this is a complete panic move. Glaber Torres batted leadoff three games this year. Three games this year. Basically the same amount of games he hit second. Or excuse me, he he hit eighth. He had more games hitting ninth in the order than he did hitting leadoff. But look, if you think that that's going to open up the offense, hey, let's get Glaber Torres hitting leadoff because he's such a good, you know, he's going to set the table. That's what you think when you think of Glaber Torres, a nice table setter who's going to get on base, work out a walk, Big on-base percentage. His on-base percentage this year was the uh, lowest of his career, 310. Uh, He had uh, 39 walks in 572 plate appearances. But if you think that that's going to unleash Aaron Judge because he's 0 for 8 in two games, by all means. But to me, that's a complete panic move. And, And it's not even one that gets you any benefit because if the Yankees go out again tonight and and you know, score the same amount like they scored in game two, nobody's going to say, well, you know what? At least they tried something. You know, we were all yelling and screaming about judging. No, they won't get any credit for it. So to me, that's a complete panic move and uh, one that uh, let's hope it pays some dividends, right? We're, we're talking about the baseball playoffs. Sometimes you have to be lucky than good. Let's hope they get lucky. Maybe Glaber Torres works out a walk to lead things off. And then Aaron Judge gets, he all of a sudden is comfortable again back in the two-hole and hits a home run, and the Yankees grab a 2-0 lead. And unlike in Game 2, they continue to score runs. Like they did that in Game one. Uh, in game 2. They scored two runs in the first inning, and then did nothing the rest of the game. But who knows? So the rest of the Yankee order, uh, Glaber batting leadoff, Judge in the two-hole, Rizzo third, Stanton four, Josh Donaldson five. Man, that's we'll Keep trying. Keep rolling it out there. See if that works. Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is batting sixth. Harrison Bader, he is uh, batting seventh and playing center. Kyle Higashioka gets the start behind the plate, trying to find a little offense behind the plate. He'll bat eighth. And then uh, Cabrera, who has looked kind of overmatched so far these two games. Again, only two games. You don't want to get over, you know, carried away. But he has not uh, really contributed to anything offensively so far and was just overpowered in game two. He will bat ninth and play left field. So there's your Yankee order. All right, now on to the fun and games of what I learned on TikTok. Now, in the studio today, we have Julian and we have Jacob, correct? That's correct. All right, Jacob. Now, you've had a couple of weeks off because the show hasn't run because of different, uh, you know, 
Major League entities and uh, my uh, laryngitis last week. So you've had a chance to rest up. Are you feeling confident? Not at all. I uh, told you before this segment started that I am uh, ready to bomb. All right. Well, look, again, much like the baseball playoffs, where you really can't formulate a true game. There's no foolproof way to put together a game plan for success. That's very much true and like what I learned on TikTok. In case you're new to the game, how it works, I spend, as a 51-year-old man, way too much time on that TikTok app, but it's because I learned so much interesting and yet useless information. And I use this segment to pass that useless but yet entertaining information along. And how it works is I'll give Julian, I'll give Jacob four pieces of information, one of which is completely true and something that I learned this week on TikTok. And then the three other ones completely made up, but it's hard to decipher which one is which. So they'll try and guess, and we'll see how they do. And uh, in, in the past, again, if you're new to the game, Jacob's batting average about the Yankees' batting average come October. A lot of, lot of swings and misses. You would, you would agree with that, right? That's not me taking a, a shot, is it? 100% right. Okay. All right, my first one for you this week, my friend Jacob. Let's see here. Now, Julian, is this your first time playing the game? I think third. Third time. Okay, so you played the game before. I think you've had some success. Is that correct? I think I'm like one for four or two for four. Well, look, that's that's that'll get you in the Hall of Fame compared to our other compatriots. Oh, my gosh. Just, just say it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Jacob, first up. You're going to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All, All right. right. Here we go. Number one. A giraffe's neck weighs roughly, on average, a thousand pounds. Number two, a buttload is a legitimate unit of me- measurement. Number three, bras come in cup sizes because what they contain produce milk. Or number four, gray facial hair grows at a faster rate. You know, recap? Yeah, need it. Okay, recap. number one, giraffes. Necks on average weigh a thousand pounds. Number two, a buttload is a legitimate unit of measurement. Number three, bras come in cup sizes because what they contain produce milk. Or number four, gray facial hair grows at a faster rate. Like I said, I'm ready to bomb. And all right, these these don't look easy at all. No. Uh, that wouldn't make for a very fun game. I mean, they're also kind of interesting anywhere. But right. Well, that's the thing. Interesting, but completely useless. Okay, if I had to Something choose that one. my wife says to me all the time. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wow, Gordon. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, but if I had to choose one, uh-huh. I'm going to start off with... Uh, Why not? Why not bras and cup sizes? Bras and cup sizes. You always wondered that, right? Why do they come in cup size? Why would it just be small, large, medium? Are you going to lock that in, my friend? I'm going to lock it in, and I feel like even if I'm wrong, you're going to teach me you, something. You, 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 you are proud to go down on that one, right? Yeah. All right. No, that is incorrect. Oh, no, that's that's completely. That's not true at all. Now I still don't know why they come in cup sizes as opposed to what I said, but no, that's not true. That's that. Whatever it is, it ain't that. All right, so now you got uh, three other ones. Giraffes necks weigh, on average, 1,000 pounds. A buttload is a legitimate unit of measurement, or gray facial hair grows at a faster rate. You know, something in me just wants to say the giraffe neck. Yeah. But to me, 
that one is more tame compared to the other three. Gotcha. Ah, uh, jeez. Oh, I love listening to your reasoning. It's always, <laughs> it's always good. It's not, it's not effective, but I always love listening. It's to never it. effective. Process no. of elimination, if anybody yeah. knows, is not working for me in this game. Uh, I'm gonna go with gray facial hair this time. Gray facial hair. Lock it in. Lock it in. Much like Aaron Judge in the postseason so far, you are over two, my friend. That's two swings and misses. No, gray facial hair does not grow any faster. It feels that way. I was trimming my gray facial hair today, and I was that's how I came up with that one. So now we got to two. Uh, butt load is a legitimate unit of measurement, or giraffe's neck weighs on average 1,000 pounds. I've been avoiding giraffe's neck, but I'm also going to be kind of peed off. Okay. If, uh, but load is in fact right. <laughs> the correct answer. Uh, but if I had to choose one, and I'm gonna choose butt load, you're gonna choose butt load. I'm gonna choose going butt against load. your own natural instincts. Yes, it might. You know, if I had to go and you know take a deep dive inside Gordon Damon's mind, right? That would be the one he would choose to try to stump Jacob. So I'm gonna lock that one in. But locking in a butt load. Locking in a butt load. Yes, that is absolutely correct, that my friend. Is correct. A butt load is equal to 126 gallons. So there you go. Yeah, you didn't know that a butt like you like when you were hanging out with your friends. Ah, I did a butt load of work today. No, no, butt load 126 gallons. So that is uh, absolutely true. And uh, giraffes necks on average weigh about 600 pounds, not a thousand. Now, if, do you know when the origin of butt load came from? Or is I'm, I'm not sure. No. That's, those uh, those videos on TikTok, they're very short. They don't they don't go into specifics. But I always check out the, the information that I find and see if they're true or not. Okay. I mean, I like right. that one. I'm definitely going right. to have to share it. All right, Julian. Uh, you've had some success before. Obviously, your compatriot there and uh, Jacob has not exactly set a high bar, so that's good for you. Are you ready, my friend? I am. All right. Number one, Costco sells enough toilet paper in a year to wrap around the globe more than 100,000 times. Number two, the first pair of scissors were actually left-handed. Number three, there's a pattern on the inside of your eyelid as unique as a fingerprint. Or number four, Buzz Aldrin was the first man to pee on the moon. Okay, so to recap, number one, Costco sells enough toilet paper in a year to wrap around the globe more than 100,000 times. Number two, the first pair of scissors were left-handed. Number three, there is a pattern on the inside of your eyelid as unique as a fingerprint. Or number four, Buzz Aldrin, first man to pee on the moon. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking off the top of my head, two and three. You're between two and three. Okay. I need a recap of them. Okay, I'll give you another recap here. Uh, again, Costco sells enough toilet paper. That was number one. Number two was uh, pair first pair of scissors were actually left-handed. Number three was there is a pattern on the inside of your eyelid as unique as your fingerprint. Or number four, Buzz Aldrin, first man to pee on the moon. So after that, I'm, I'm now between three and four. Okay. Um, feel like I might have had heard three before sure i'm gonna go with that kind of instinct and you're gonna go in. with number three the eyelid as unique as your finger yeah i'm gonna lock that in 
No, that isn't correct. No, that's another one that is just be hard to 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 you know like fingerprints you can find at a crime scene. Your eye, most people are not spending enough time to throw around their eyelids. So now you're down to three. Costco toilet paper wrapped around the globe a hundred thousand times. Number two now is uh, the first pair of scissors, left-handed, and then what was number four is now number three. Buzz Aldrin, first man to pee on the moon. Well, that was, I'll go with, uh, you know, four, now three. Right, now three. Buzz Aldrin. Lock it in. Yeah, I'll lock that in. Yes, that is correct. Buzz Aldrin has uh, been on record as saying, yeah, he uh, peed his pants on the moon. So here's this big, famous, world famous, you know, scientist guy, astronaut guy. But he'll always go down as the first man. Nobody's ever going to get that one back. All right, very good. Uh, well, yeah, we can do one more. If you guys want to uh, share one. Yeah, sure, why not? All right. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, number one, Vikings created water skiing. Number two, 35% of all your bones are located in your feet. Number three, grasshoppers existed before grass. Or number four, the longest recorded human ear hair measured just short of two feet. So again, to recap for you you guys, you know, figure out a way you're going to do it. You go uh, same one, you go opposite ways. Uh, Vikings created water skiing. Number two, 35% of all your bones are located in your feet. Number three, grasshoppers existed before grass. Or number four, the longest recorded human ear hair measured just short of two feet. Uh, Any strong feelings either way, gentlemen? I don't know. I was thinking the first one. Okay. You like Vikings? Vikings, yes. Yeah. Started water skiing, was it? Uh Uh-huh. Julian, any strong feelings one way or the other? I was kind of leaning towards the third one. Uh, Grasshoppers existed before grass? Maybe not after that. Okay. (laughs) I mean... I mean, I thought about that one, too. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to go with one. Okay, you're going to stick with Vikings. Okay, Julian? I'll stick with it. I'll uh, change to one with Jacob. You're also going to go with one. You're both locking in the same answer. Lock it in. That's not a very effective strategy, and it's also incorrect. No, Vikings didn't create water skiing. I mean, why would they have some speed on those ships? No. All right, so now you're down to uh, the bones in the feet, grasshoppers before grass, or a giant ear hair. Uh, bones in your feet? I'm going to lock it in. Okay. I mean, I mean, Now, Julian, if nothing else, you've seen that sticking with Jacob gets you nowhere, <laughs> my friend. I am. Uh, I, I don't want to give advice or anything like that. I don't want to shade the game, but, you know. Listen, Gordon, I just want We're talking about Aaron Judge and evidence and, you know, analytics. I, I'm just throwing it out there, my friend. Just trying to I need help little, where I can. I need a little misery where I'm I got at. you. Julian, any strong feelings, my friend? I was kind of leaning towards uh, bones and feet. Bones and feet. You do what you got to do, my friend. I don't uh, want to. <laughs> maybe to play the game, I'll go with uh, the ear hair one. Ear hair. Yes, sir. Okay. Both locked in? Lock it in. Well, sometimes you can follow the right strategy and turn still turn out. No, those are both wrong. Wow. Grasshoppers actually existed before grass. Is that right? That is right. And there you go. That, my friends, 
is what I have learned this week on TikTok. And now because of this segment, you, whether you wanted to or not, have learned it as well. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Just watching this uh, Phillies-Braves game right now. And uh, Phillies have the 8-3 lead as the Braves are down to their final out. So, I mean, it just shows you we've been talking about this throughout the um, – Throughout the the show today that, you know, building a team for October success, there is no foolproof plan. And you talk about the Phillies, what a what a weird season they have had. Right. When they get off to the terrible start, they fire Joe Girardi and they you know, the, 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 the guy that they find as the new voice is the second in command of Girardi. And it works. It works. And they, they get into the playoffs, even despite as bad a. Uh, uh, September as they had, and they find a way to get in, and now they are one out away from going to the National League Championship Series and at least a possibility that they face off against, not the Dodgers, you know, we're talking all year, Dodgers, Braves, Braves, Dodgers, Mets, can they beat the Dodgers, can they beat the Braves, and and all three of the teams are not going to be there in the NLCS. It's going to be, at least uh, if the Phillies can hold on to this and the Padres can get one more win, Padres-Phillies. So anybody who wants to tell you that there is some foolproof plan, well, you have to do this or that to have October success. And the perfect example, like you would say, who are the two best organizations right now that have, have done a, the best job overall of, of continued success? You'd say in the National League, probably the Dodgers. And in the American League, you'd say the Astros. And the Dodgers have had one World Series, again, in the shortened year of 2020. And that's in 35 years, despite making the playoffs, despite winning the division basically every single year. And the Astros, the only year they won a World Series was the year they were cheating. So there you go. Then, of course, the other story we've been watching has been the Yankee lineup. And uh, the new lineup for tonight is out, lineup for Game 3. And the Yankees, I guess, shaking some things up, although not the things that I would necessarily think. Uh, they decide to move Aaron Judge out of the leadoff spot, which uh, if that's going to if that if you think that this is going to make that much of a difference, by all means, go and try it. Uh, I don't think anyone for all the words that we have used over the years to describe Glaber Torres's game. Table setter is not generally one that has been used, but to, Glaber Torres is going to be batting leadoff tonight, playing second base. Aaron Judge moved to the two spot. So I'm sure that that's going to free him up. He's going to feel so much more comfortable now to uh, get out of this slump that has lasted two games. Anthony Rizzo playing first base, batting third. Stanton clean up the DH. Josh Donaldson still in there, playing third base, still batting fifth. Kiner Falefa will be batting sixth. Harrison Bader batting seventh, playing center. Higashioka gets the start behind the plate instead of uh, Trevino as uh, they looked for any signs of offense whatsoever. And Cabrera, who has looked uh, kind of overmatched here so far, he is still in there tonight, and uh, he will be batting ninth and playing left field. In, in terms of um, you know the changes there, look, you're trying to get the offense going somehow. There's not that many great options, so that was the thing about um, having Judge batting leadoff was that you don't you know when DJ LeMahieu went down, there are no great options. So um, they'll try it tonight. We'll see if this makes a difference. I doubt it. Aaron Boone was asked about maybe having Giancarlo Stanton play the outfield during the series because that, that's the one thing that I thought was at least a possibility. Not that Stanton playing the outfield, but is there some way that you could get Matt Carpenter's bat into the lineup? Now, again, 
think about what we're talking about. A guy who has basically not played after having that, that white hot start he had with the Yankees and injuring the foot and, and missing as much time as he, as he did. Um, but, you know, you have to find ways to create some offense, and that's one guy that I thought was at least a possibility. I don't know that I'd feel comfortable putting Carpenter in the outfield, and I can understand the Yankees being a little leery of putting Stanton in the outfield because that, you know, the injuries that he has suffered. But Aaron Boone was asked about Stanton in the outfield, and he said, quote, I haven't considered that yet. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. And before we do, I will tell you the Phillies have uh, taken care of the Braves, so they advance to the National League Championship Series. And we'll go back to the phones, and let's go to Subi is in Midtown. Subi, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon, with all these, like, under-90 teams winning in the playoffs, I think it should be a rule change because in the regular season, pretty much meaningless. So I think all the games should be played at, like, a team that has a higher record. I think that would be one way to solve this underdog mentality coming up on top. And then uh, regarding the Mets, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is what we're seeing in the Yankees series is two big Mets players, former Mets players, performing well, Rosario and Jimenez, I believe. Um, those were in the Lindor trade. So would you have done that trade? Because they're, they've been playing well the whole season. They play great defense. Lindor is 10 million. Those are high 10% of that. Would you have read yeah, that? I, look, I, I don't look back on that trade, and I get the way it's worked out, Subi, and thanks for the phone call, that you know you can look back and say those two guys have, have played well, and I know that there were some Met fans that weren't crazy about uh, making that deal. Lindor has been... Uh, you know, pretty much what you've expected. Uh, it's not, you know, I think the reason why a lot of people had some concerns about making the Lindor trade was because of the, the Mets' previous history of trading with Cleveland and that not working out. And to me, that's not a reason why you don't make a trade. Lindor has has done exactly what you've... Now, it, did it work out? No. Uh, it, it wasn't like he was able to, you know, step up in the biggest of spots and perform for you. But we're, we're talking about the Indians' offense as not being all that great. So I get that, you know, those two guys have had some, some contributions here, but I, I don't look back on that trade if I were a Met fan and, and feel um, – have regrets about it at, at this point. I mean, Lindor is a sensational player and had a, a very strong season. Uh, just on Boone, one more. He said that he woke up and decided to move Aaron Judge to the two-hole for Game 3. He felt that where Stanton and Rizzo are now, it's easier to move Glaber to leadoff. With LeMahieu and Benatendi out, not a true leadoff type option ahead of Judge, he said. Yeah, I, to me, it just comes across as an absolute panic move. Uh, it's 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 responding to the masses who have you know jumped on the Yankees now. Like, where have you guys been? Aaron Judge has been batting leadoff for you know I don't know how long exactly LeMahieu's been out, but it's been a while, and it's been effective. It's in fact been his most effective. So what you're doing is you're taking your best player and moving him out of the spot that he has been the most effective in over the course of the season based on two games. That does not seem optimal to me. Let's go out to Chip. Is in New York. Chip, you're next up on ESPN New York. Yes, thank you. Can you hear me? I got you, Chip, yeah. Okay, just double-checking. Um, so just wanted to say, go Giants. I'm going to make this short and sweet. i got about three or four points to make. Okay. Um, love the coaching change. Brian Dable absolute monster um not to mention wink on defense coming for the revenge game here in uh coming for the ravens coming into MetLife. i know the ravens are cocking their head sideways saying 
hold up a sec. This ain't the old Giants we're, we're coming to deal with. So not to mention Giants 3-0 and in London. Giants on London. Um, the old Giants would have never fought back, would have laid down. I feel like it's been five years since we've shown the four quarters heart that I just saw this past Sunday in London. I mean, what a game. Ravens, be ready. Um, anyone that's doubted Danny Jones in the past, I mean, the kid has heart. Did you see the kid's hand? I mean, he's playing through thick and thin. The kid can run. I've never doubted Danny. I've doubted what's surrounded Danny Dimes. Um, so feel free to jump on the bandwagon. Anyone who's doubted him, he's here to play. The Giants are a built different team. And I also, real quick, I know I'm just running my mouth right now, but the plus five and a half for the Giants, I think is a disgrace. I feel like that game should be almost a pick em, especially with Giants at home. Well, look, Chip, I mean, I think you're, you're voicing a lot, thanks for the phone call, of voicing a lot of the same things that a lot of Giant fans have felt here in, this, in the first five weeks of the season, right? You, you love the coaching change. You love the way the team is, is fighting through things, and, and the game plan is pretty simple, right? Like no-name defense, keeping games close, keeping games tight, hoping to make plays. Daniel Jones has been able to do that to a certain extent. Obviously, Saquon Barkley has been a major part of that and getting him healthy and keeping him healthy has been a, a major part of that so far, so we shall see. And, you know, when, when you go out there and you play the teams that you did. Now, when I said before the season I was more optimistic about the Giants and the Jets, it was based on the schedule, but it was not based on this part of the schedule, really. You know, beating the Titans, beating the Packers in London, those are impressive wins. And to be able to rally from the way that they uh, were able to rally in that game down 17-3 on, you know, on the road, against a, a team that is far more talented. Giants, I don't think, are that talented of a team. But when you have coaching at, at the level that the Giants have been at, you have to be impressed with what they've been able to do. And if, if, if we're all in agreement, and I don't know that I necessarily am, but if everyone's in agreement, you know, that Packers win is a different kind of win, well, then, yeah, then, then what you're saying is that you can kind of beat a lot of good teams. I, I think the Ravens are a good team. I don't know that they're a great team. So we'll see. At home, go out there, find a way to get another win. And the Giants sitting at 5-1. and one. It seems a little hard for me to believe, but uh, we shall see. We shall see tomorrow. Let's go out to uh, Joe is in Staten Island. Joe, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Yeah, th- this is all year with Boone. It's not just the playoffs, right? He is inept at putting a lineup together. I mean, you go through it all year. But in this scenario, right, T- Torres isn't the answer, right? But you got a guy, you play the hot hand. You got a guy in IKF who's hitting 500 for the series with a 580 on base percentage. If you're going to try an experiment, you play the hot hand, bat him lead off. You know, so, get so judge, gonna, you, judge but, I mean, Joe, you're going to base something on. on two games. Isn't that isn't but, that the definition listen, of panic? Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're putting Torres up there. Would you rather have IKF or Torres? Torres batted. I wouldn't. I, w- I would rather just leave it the way it was. Yeah, but you know what? Judge's approach changed, right? We saw it. When he was pressing for 61 and 62 and he was getting walked, he was taking the walks, and then all of a sudden, after we clenched, he started swinging and pressing for 62. And now his approach changed. He used so to lay think, off that Joe, load seriously, away. Do you think his, his approach is now going to change back to the way it was because you moved him down one spot? No, what I'm saying is you're giving him a better opportunity to get locked in with runners on, right? So if IKF gets on at a 580 clip for these two games, right, he's maybe he's seeing the ball better. 
I mean, for two games. I mean, what are we talking about? You're talking two games. We know what kind of player. Yeah, Isaiah kind of forgot that he changes a player. You play the hot hand. But he's not an offensive player. There's never a time he's the offensive player. I mean, he's hit 270 all year. He all hit year 260 long. on the season. He hit 260. And he, he doesn't walk uh, he was. He's got some speed. Uh, that's literally... great. And he, he puts the bat on the ball, which is nice if, you know, you, you, you want to move runners along later on. Uh, I think that that kind of defeats okay, the purpose of Okay, but, you know, all year long I had to well. deal with Donaldson hitting 220, batting in the five hole. Oh, look, Donaldson okay? stinks too. So, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is you play the hot hand in this in- instance, right? Torres is not a hot hand right now, right? He, he's, he's moderate at best right now. So play the hot hand. If you're going to change something and you're going to take a risk, take a risk with a guy that's actually been producing the last two games that's seeing the ball well, right? If you're not going to leave Judge in that spot. I honestly agree with the move, moving him out of the leadoff, because I want to get Judge up with some runners on. Just He gets locked in with runners on. You see Aaron Judge. He'll smack a single the other way with runners on, or he'll hit a gapper with runners on. Right now he's going up there, and he's swinging at that low and away breaking ball in the dirt nine times out of ten, and that's all. I mean, literally, they did not pitch him inside once yesterday. They All, all Bieber did was away the right-handed batters. And, and the guy still wasn't close on the low and away breaking ball. Yeah, no, look, I mean, he is obviously pressing a little bit. It's two games. I wouldn't allow that. And, and Joe, thanks for the phone call. I wouldn't allow that to, um, to all of a sudden make me change what my approach is. And if I truly believed in my approach, then I would stick with what my approach is. And I get it. You're trying to find ways to, to scare up some offense. There are no great options right now. Uh, I don't think putting you know, Isaiah Kiner for the Leffa uh, batting leadoff is is the spot to put him in either. Uh, just like I didn't think uh, when they had you know those games where they had Isaiah Kiner for left for batting cleanup, <laughs> that wasn't the spot for him either. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I would have no problem moving Judge out of the leadoff spot if a he wasn't comfortable in that spot overall. We went through the numbers. That's his best, his most effective spot in the lineup is batting leadoff. Or if you had some other option where you're like, yeah, I, I can see that guy. That guy gets on base at a good clip. Glaber doesn't get on base at a good clip. Kiner Falefa doesn't get on base at a good clip. It's why you've been forced to have Judge hit in the leadoff spot. It's not even remotely close. He is your most when – when you have a lineup, you want the first guy to be able to get on base. There's no better guy in the Yankee lineup at getting on base and not using up and out – than Aaron Judge. So if you were to have him get on base via a walk, via a hit, he's your best option going first to third. He's your best option stealing a base. And then you have the other guys in the order who you're relying on, Rizzo and Stanton, coming up with a guy on base. Far more. I think there's a far greater possibility of getting a guy on base with Aaron Judge and not saying, well, Judge has to drive in guys if the very first at bat, then putting Glaber Torres up there and thinking he's going to all of a sudden start setting the table. I hope I'm wrong. Again, we've talked about the playoffs being a complete crapshoot, so who knows? Maybe it works. Maybe it's the Yankees' version of the Guardians in the 10th inning hitting a couple of bloops and scoring a run. Let's hope so, because otherwise, season's on the brink. Gary is in New Jersey. Gary, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, hey, Gordon, uh, listen, I I cannot believe they're not playing Matt Carpenter. It's absolutely absurd. For 45 games, he was as good as Judge. He had 15 home runs. They can't hit, and they're not playing Carpenter. It's the most ridiculous 
thing I've ever seen in watching baseball for 40 years. It's absurd. Yeah, that, I, I, look, if you told me that there was a change that they were going to make, I would think that they would try to find a spot to put Matt Carpenter in the lineup someplace. Uh, there, there's not a oh, real I, great spot to put him in, but, but you know, oh, desperate times call for desperate measures. I would have thought that that would have been the move that they would make, figure out a way to get him in a game where it's more than just a pinch hitting at bat. Gordon, he's not – he's second to judge in terms of the best hitter on the team. Yeah, I know, I mean, but I mean, he, you know – yeah, but but, I mean, he, he hasn't he hasn't played. I mean, he's had you know one at bat uh, since August. Well, I mean, you know, he's been he's well, been, you know I, it's a I, desperation I play. But but wait a second, he came out freaking nowhere. He came out of no, absolutely. Ball. Yeah, but and, and, he, and, he, and he has fifteen home runs. All right, but wait, I mean, where do you want to put him? You want to put him in left field? Absolutely, put him in left field. Or Even though he's not a left fielder, put Stanton in left field. Come on, you know, what is, what is, what is, what is, what is, what is, what is he can't play. Yeah, no, but he is. He's got to freaking play. Yeah, no, I get it. Gary, thanks for the phone call. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, you're you're trying to find ways, but there's no great options right now. Um, I I think I probably agree with you. I probably would put Stanton in the outfield, give him some at-bats out there, and, and and, and get Carpenter's bat in the lineup. But again, you know, let's not make it out. Again, it, they lost a game. So you're going to completely start just panicking and firing off all these changes after losing a game in 10 innings on two blue pits. And, 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 the, and the move that they have to make is getting Matt Carpenter's bat in the lineup after he's had, I think, exactly one at bat since like August 5th. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. The Mariners were ever able, I I feel like it would almost be a success if they can just simply get a game after the way they lost that game one to come out and do to Verlander what they did. And you think, oh, wow, look at this Mariners young team, right? Getting hot at the right time. Scoring some runs, jumping out to an early lead, stealing game one on the on the road, man, they could be a feisty team. You don't want to play them, and then back come the Astros. They win the game on that absolute missile by uh, by uh, Alvarez, and uh, I mean, and, and then to go out and win game two in in essentially the same fashion. I mean, the Mariners have certainly taken a gut punch here in these first two games, but at least right now, scoreless in the fifth. So we'll see if the Mariners, you know. That's the thing about uh, playoff baseball, man. Things can change in a hurry, right? Yankees, after they win game one, hey, we're going to face the Astros in the ALC. And then all of a sudden, game two, it's a whole different story. And now for game three, as we were talking about earlier, Yankees uh, deciding to uh, change the lineup for tonight, having Glaber Torres bat leadoff. And uh, look, I mean, the Yankee fans are all uh, apparently all excited they, they like this move. I've been taking a look at Twitter, and oh, this is the right move. It's amazing. No one brought up Judge hitting leadoff, really, until they lost the game. Lose a game, Judge 0 for 8 with 7 strikeouts. Here's the thing. He could bat wherever. If he's going to go 0 for 8 with 7 strikeouts, it doesn't really matter what um, the, the, the rest of the lineup at that point. They need Aaron Judge to get going, and, and hopefully this is the thing. You know, maybe maybe A-Rod knows what he's talking about. He's going to be far more comfortable. I will say the only problem with that is he's been perfectly comfortable in the leadoff spot up until uh, this series where the uh, Guardians have certainly done a great job. Again, 
Judge as the leadoff hitter, in terms of where he hits in the lineup, that's his most effective spot. And it's not really all that debatable. 366, 431, 740 slugging, an OPS of over 1,200. Batting second, he's still good. I mean, he's still Aaron Judge. But now, all of a sudden, you're taking something. If, if we're going to go down this, this wormhole, this rabbit hole of, oh, well, you have to make him comfortable. Now you're, you're taking him where he was already, and now you're putting him someplace else. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that'll make him feel more comfortable. A, pl- a place in the order where he's least effective or lesser effective uh, and putting someone in the leadoff spot who's clearly not a table. No one's making uh, – uh, even anybody who wanted to see Judge move out of the leadoff spot – I don't think anybody so far has suggested that Glaber Torres is all of a sudden the answer to the leadoff spot. Uh, and in his career, Glaber, uh, let me take a look at the numbers here, uh, seven for 40 lifetime in the leadoff spot. So not exactly. Now, again, you know, going back to A-Rod's comments about, you know, well, we had Damon and Jeter and Tex and, you know, you want to be able to, to work a big, long at bat. That's great. If you, if you have those guys available, that would be fantastic. The Yankee lineup is not really all that long, and I get it. You don't, you know, historically, your, your big power hit batting leadoff, I get it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing, but based on the results, that's where he's been the most effective, and he is your most effective offensive player by far, by far. So we'll see. Sometimes the only plan in the playoffs, man, is the only plan is it's got to work. So hopefully it works tonight. Hopefully the Yankees go out and score a couple of runs tonight. Hopefully they get some runs early and don't stop scoring like they did in game two. And if, we are, if we're all in agreement, like the lesson of this year's playoffs is you can't predict the playoffs. Maybe, maybe this one against all odds, much like uh, the Guardians going out there and getting a couple of bloops hits in uh, the 10th the inning uh, of game two, maybe this will be the, the Yankees version of it. Something that, by the numbers, there's no evidence that it's going to work, but it works in this individual instance, and it gets things going, and all of a sudden the lineup starts scoring runs. I would have to say I'm a little skeptical. I'd have to say I'm a little skeptical. And, and really what it says to me is that your plan, you really weren't all that confident in your plan anyway. If it only takes one game for you to get off your plan and, and to change the approach, well, then how, how strong of a plan was it really? You know, it would be one thing if you were down to your final game, right? And it's, it's kind of panic time, right? Go down swinging, like uh, with uh, Buck Showalter checking the ears. Right, go down swinging. But that's not even the case. You just lost a game, and now you're changing the lineup based on, 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 you know, one slump by your best player who has been most effective hitting leadoff during the season. Seems like a bit of a panic move. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up at 6 o'clock, we're going to talk with Pat Rangazzo about the Mets. But let's get your Yankee calls in here. Uh, Gerard is in Brooklyn. Gerard, you're next up on ESPN. Hey, what's up, bro? I like your show. Thanks, um, Yeah, I, I guess I can kind of understand what you're saying. It seems like a panic. But I, I, I believe we just need to calm down. It's one game. He lost. I mean, we lost. And um, I believe Aaron Judge is going to start hitting. Um, if, if, um, if he, and the other thing is with Buck Walter, the other, the other argument was I heard was, well, he should have, he should have had the pitcher checked out ever since the second inning. Why do you wait all the way to the, you know, deep in the game? So, you know, Hey, listen, you got to try something. I think we're going to be okay. 
And the other thing that I was thinking about, your um, what I learned on TikTok, I was telling your screener. Yeah. When, when you think of somebody, and I'm sorry, I'm just a little visual, peeing on the moon, he kind of wet his pants on the moon. Like, well, I mean, that's I'm still thinking, he he was on the moon and he was peeing. I mean that that technically counts. No, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's not you know maybe the visual that you think. He's, I don't think that the the, the, the uh, astronaut suits okay. came with a fly, but no, I mean that's okay. the same thing. Okay, but I I think we'll be all right. We're, we're all right. Well, look, Gerard, I hope I hope you're right, man. Because uh, I, I, look, as great as the Jets and Giants seasons have been, and I love the football, and the Knicks are around the corner. Uh, I can't I can't have another you know Yankee season. That ends yeah, in the first, know. you know, right away. Yeah, I mean, you know, right, you're, right, you're looking definitely. for a deep run. I would rather lose to the Astros uh, and then at least go Whoa. up against the team that I want to beat than, than lose to the Guardians and go down, you know, in a five-game series. We're definitely in agreement there. I, yeah, I, I, I got a good feeling. We're going to pass them. All right, I hope so. I mean, like that—that's the one thing that I and I appreciate the phone call is that um, you know, like when everything is doom and gloom with the Yankees, and I have certainly been doom and gloom. And again, I have not been uh, all that optimistic that this is a year where I expect the World Series, or that I—I I don't think that they are better than the Astros. I didn't—I th- wasn't really sure that they were better than the Astros when they were playing as good as the Astros, right? Like they had the the best record in the American League at one time, and I still kind of questioned whether or not that they were better than the Astros. I certainly don't think that they're better than the Astros right now, but it's a short series. Anything can happen. Let's get to that point. But you got to win a couple of games here before you get to that point, and you have to score some runs. And unfortunately, that has been a common theme. The last five years, it has been the same thing over and over again. They've tried different things, some that I've been a fan of, some that I have not. I like the Rizzo move, clearly. I like getting a little bit more balance in the lineup, lefty-righty. Uh, playing to this contact, to me, it only matters of whether or not you have productive hitters. I don't think the Yankees got productive hitters, but now it's about the short sample size. It's about getting a win tonight. Things feel a whole lot better after a win, and if they go out there and Severino does his job and the offense scores some runs, you'll feel a whole lot better with needing one more win and two chances to get it. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.